On tonight's episode of Along for the Ride, we'll hear from Coach Rob on his views on that fantastic win against the Newcastle Eagles, as well as a look forward to the doubleheader weekend ahead of us. We'll also check in with Myron Thomas, who gives us some TV and film recommendations. And unusually, this week, we don't have one, but two Kimball questions. So let's get it started. Hello and welcome. As I mentioned, it is the Along for the Ride podcast. I am Greg, joined as always by Mark. Mark, how are you doing? I'm on top form this evening, Greg. Um, you sound a little bit. Um, um, let's think of the Riders Connection. Um, what's the Riders Connection? You sound uh, a little bit. Yeah, horse. Horse, that's it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> are you all right, son? You sound yeah, a little I'm, bit under the weather. Uh, only a little mixture of having a bit of a cold and then having coached the game this evening as well. And yeah, I, I can be known to raise my voice a little bit. So really? I, think it's, I think it's a mixture of a couple of things. Okay, so having coaches then with perhaps a little bit under weather or a little bit with a cold, that's that's gonna, that's a bit of a theme actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, as we, as we hear later, uh, you'll, you'll spot when I speak to uh, Coach Rob, he's also a little bit under the weather. He's got a kind of a developing head cold. Hopefully that doesn't uh, translate into yeah, yeah, I think anything just, serious. I just need to get it out there. I, I've not interacted with him for a while, so it's definitely not my fault no i didn't, I didn't think it was no, yeah, not, i've yeah, not yeah. seen him since the newcastle game no 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 so um yeah so um as you've already signaled uh, lots of things um to um talk about uh, yeah. and discuss um uh, for today but um and interestingly i kind of already said we've got not one but two Two of those. Uh, and this week's Kimball question is... We've got two of them. Two Kimball questions. Yeah, and I asked uh, Myron to do them both. The, the link is, um, obviously, his um, his final year at college was at... Kent State. Kent State, so uh, we can't say any more. No. But, but, so, shall so we jump in, so, jump into the first... The first one. The first one. Um, so, let's see, uh, let's... And, and what we're going to do, we're going to give the answer of the first question towards the end of... Towards the end of today's pod. Yeah, yeah. But the second one, uh, which we'll ask much later, we won't give the answer till... Next next week. Next week. So you, you could refer to it as a cliffhanger. A cliffhanger, yeah. A cliffhanger. Is that a Cliff Richard hanger? No, I was thinking more of a film and TV reference for Myron, but there we go. Okay. If you want to go straight to Cliff Richard, <laughs> you can have him all to yourself. No, I'm, I'm, I've never been a great fan, he's honestly. Just, as, t- to me, he's just the old man that likes to sing at Wimbledon. <laughs> and this yes. is a basketball podcast. Thank you for keeping me on track. So let's let's kind of jump straight in and then hear the... This week's Kimball question is... What former Leicester Ryder player was the head coach of Kent State's basketball between 2008 and 2011? So yeah, get your get, get your brain working. See if you can figure out which former Ryder was was coach at Kent State. Yeah, um, bet- between those years. Yeah, so absolutely yeah. get get that get that um, brain ticking over. Yes. Um, talking about coaches. Yes, um, the Riders have one. We do. <laughs> Little bit under the weather. Yeah, Coach Rob, he's, he's also going through this, you know, coldy flu, and you might be able to hear it a little bit in his voice. Yes. But obviously, you checked with him. You talked about actually a few different things. You reflected on the Newcastle game, um, spoke about London Lions for quite a bit, and then also a little bit about the Cheshire Phoenix as well. Absolutely. 
Okay, Rob, a couple of things just to reflect upon. Um, I wonder if I could go first with my acute basketball insight and knowledge. Uh, beating the Newcastle Eagles, Eagles 111-88 on Saturday night is my assessment. It was a lot of fun. There you go, that's my go. <laughs> what was your assessment of that game, yeah, Rob? Yeah, no, I, I, I really liked uh, the game. Uh, I thought the first half, you know, both teams going back and forth. I thought they made a lot of tough shots, especially looking back in the video. You got to give them credit. They came out, shot the ball really well. But I thought we just stuck with it and kept going. And, um, yeah, second half, that was as enjoyable a half as we've had this year. I think, um, you know, what was – uh, so nice about the game was the depth. I thought our depth was uh, w- was a very important factor in the game. I thought, you know, when you look at their players, you know, they're playing 33 minutes, 32 minutes. You start looking at some of our starters, 18, 20, you know. So I feel like as the second half unfolded, you know, our depth really – uh, showed, uh, you know, what it can do. And obviously we shot the ball really well. We had really good looks, but we made them. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun one. Absolutely. That second-half performance, I mean, it was tight at the half, but that second-half performance, 58 to 38, so we beat them by 20 points. And, again, I know we spoke about it before, how our bench, 51 points versus 15. Let's talk about a few of the individual players first. Of course, we've got to mention Joanne. 28, 5, and 4. Yeah, he was really solid. I thought that, um, you know, uh, shooting the ball on the perimeter, you know, right early in the game, he got a nice clean look, got him going. But what I like about him was he scored in different ways, you know, scored in drives, baseline, drives to the middle, floaters, layups, jumpers. So, yeah, he really was uh, a guy that, um, you know, scored in different ways. I thought players really set him up well too like a few of his opportunities on a three-point line were really good passes from good offensive set and he took advantage of it he's a hard worker he uh, you know gets as many shots up a week after practice as anyone and um, it was nice to see the ball going in and again absolutely again talking about our bench Sam with 10 points Connor with 12 and a lift that they continually give us um, every game it seems yeah I think you know as we're going forward here, uh, we're learning more and more about our team. You know, I think, you know, with the new team and, with the, you know, trying to figure out rotations. And I think we're getting more and more comfortable um, with it. And I think the bench has really done a good job. I think that, um, you know, Connor's healthier than he's ever been right now. You could see that. I think Mo is getting stronger as well. So, yeah, I think the bench is um, a weapon that, um, you know, with this schedule we have and, and, and how demanding it can be uh, is going to be very important now but even more important uh, when you get to the second half of the season Absolutely, so let's look a, f- a little bit forward then to this weekend, double header weekend, uh, Friday night, for the first time we're seeing um, London Lions um, just to ask your reaction um, they lost their unbeaten record at the weekend to Plymouth 94-70 your initial, because it's kind of blown up on, on kind of social media I think about um, their team that they put out, put out your thoughts about that performance, I'm assuming you, you've kind of watched it um, Rob Yeah, I, I- I understand, you know, what, why they rested guys. I mean, they have a huge game uh, on Wednesday night in Spain in Euro Cup. And, you know, they have a lot of players. So I think they've been very uh, consistent with uh, resting um, guys this season. You could see that, you know, and I think that was a day where they looked at it and said that's going to be a day we're going to rest a lot of players. 
they've put themselves in a position in the league now where, you know, they can afford a loss or two if it happens. So, yeah, I, I, I understand why they did it. I'm not sure of what the rules are. Like, I don't – I never heard of any kind of rules where who you have to play or who you don't have to play. I know the NBA has adopted a rule this year where you want stars playing. But um, I totally understand um, where, why they did it. And I think that it's – it probably was the – the biggest uh, probably was the most amount of players rested this year for them but they have consistently done it this year so it's uh, definitely part of their strategy and you know it's just a part of the deal absolutely you're right to point out the the kind of in euro cup um, i think later this evening before playing is fraud how how easy is it for you in terms of preparing your team um, against a team are you uncertain who's going to be on the floor how, how much is it a challenging for you rob to do that very challenging yeah i think that is a very challenging part of playing them first of all the most challenging parts they're really good um really really good i've really been impressed with what they've done this year the way they move the ball you know just the intelligence they play with but yeah you go into the game and you know we're doing a scouting report 14 guys or so and you know uh taking two or three off changes them what they're doing maybe so yeah you you really don't know until the day of the game and it is uh it is uh difficult to prepare for a team like that because um you know you're used to dealing with maybe nine guys you're going over 10 at the most now you're you're going over a solid amount of players so um I guess when we show up here, we'll figure out who's out there. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's fair to say they're, they're an, elite, an elite squad at the moment. Um, um, what would you kind of, in terms, see as their potential weaknesses? Or is it a more of just focusing on what you're going to be able to do during the game? Man, it's hard to find a weakness. You know, they shoot it so well from three. They're physical. They don't offensive rebound a lot. But that's because they make the most shots. Um, so their free throw percentage is at 81%. They make the they're tied with Surrey with the most threes made per game. And they got inside threats with Olasini. Um So yeah, I mean, I think maybe the amount of games uh, that they're playing is one of the weaknesses, right? I mean, you know, you're talking about a team. It's playing sometimes three, four times a week, so it's it's a challenge throughout the season with that. But they're a, as complete a team as we've seen in this league. Uh, but like you said, I think you know we have to go out there and um, do everything we can to stop them. But more importantly, is you know play uh, our brand of basketball. And um, you know I think over the last uh, few weeks, you can see that we're certainly improving week in and week out. And uh, we want to keep that improvement going on Friday night. Just, just finally regarding the London Plymouth Plymouth win, perhaps we should give a little bit more credit to Plymouth. And actually, a quick shout out to PJ. 500 coach wins in this league, and we all know, Rob. Yeah. We talk regularly how difficult it is to get yeah. one one win. I, I was surprised because I was doing the game Thursday night, and you know the Sky game, and they teed me up on that one. P, coach PJ going for 500, and I'm like, he's already got 500. So I was surprised. That's league games, which I thought was, okay. yeah, he's already won 500. It's amazing that he's won 500 league games, but it was strange. I was I was caught off guard with um, with how they're, you know, talking about league games. But yeah, you know, you want to talk about a guy that's um, been around. Uh, I was playing. He was coaching against me, and look at me right now. I look. 
old and haggard over here. Um, so uh, that'll tell you something. But, um, yeah, it's funny. It's uh, Every time we play him, him and I, you know, talk about how, how many games and, you know, what you have to deal with in this business. I think it's a, um, yeah, it's, it's a challenge to continue to, you know, deal with what you have to deal with. And I think he's done a really good job of that. He's, um, you know, a guy that I know over the years the players have really liked playing for. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I want to say congrats for the 500. But like I said, he already has 500. How many does he have overall? Do you know? Is it, I don't know, Rob. Yeah, because, I mean, I, I saw the list and it had me at a number that I know I have more than that overall. So I think that, um, yeah, I think it's amazing. It's amazing for him to be able to continue to be in the game. The game has changed so much over the years. When you look back at a video from 1999, 2000 to a video to now, you know, there's so many differences in the game. So you, you have to be a person that can evolve with the times, and, um, and he's certainly done that. Absolutely. So then we kind of um, we travel on up to Cheshire on Sunday for that back-to-back -back game. I'm going to have to ask you about how much of that opening game beating that they gave us, really. How much do you think that influences kind of the guys' thinking and psychology for Sunday? Yeah, I mean, look, we haven't talked about it. Another example of where the BBL schedule is at, they have one game on Sunday and we have one on Friday. So that's not a team we've even mentioned yet. Um, we're mentioning London. We'll, we'll get together Saturday and, and talk about them and obviously go over you know what happened in game one i think when you look back at game one the interesting part about it for me was we were winning in the fourth quarter um i, I which which surprised me when i look back at it you know we were actually i believe in the lead by one in the fourth or maybe down one it was right there and um yeah it got away from us they shot the heck out of the ball that night i think now playing them um you know we're more aware you know i think game one i was watching some uh college basketball and I forgot who I was watching, but they were talking about how difficult it was. Well, I think it was Rutgers. Okay, so my friend coaches Rutgers, longtime friend of mine, Steve Peichel, great guy. So I watch all their games. And he was talking about playing Princeton in game one, and he was just talking about how they really didn't know what to expect. You know, they're watching last year's tapes for the game. So now, going into the game, we should have a pretty good understanding of what they do. Will it help us? Who knows? I mean, they're a good team. I really, I really have done about three of their games broadcasting-wise, and yeah, I really like their wing players. They have some toughness about them, uh, so you know we have a good idea of what they're doing now. But that doesn't make it any easier. They are uh, certainly a tough team to, to to stop. I think they're shooting bigs and they're playmaking bigs really you know, pose a threat for you to, to defend. So, yeah, we got to have to play much better defense than we did in game one when we played them. I think our team has improved a lot from there, and maybe they have too. So should be a, um, an interesting battle on Sunday. Looking forward to it. Um, just finally then, I'm hearing um, ticket sales are going pretty good for Friday night, so I'm hoping a big bumper crowd in. And again, I know we speak about regularly about the importance of the home crowd. Um, any messages for the fans for Friday night? Yeah, let's have fun in here. Get behind us, have some fun, um, you know, enjoy it. And, uh, yeah, let's make some noise and, um, you know, have a great atmosphere. I think any time you play basketball or coach basketball or watch basketball, what, what the game really sets itself apart with is, is the atmosphere in the building. And um, we're hoping for a big one Friday night. 
Best of luck this weekend, Rob. Shouting for you as usual. Thank you for your time and, and uh, observations uh, on our little pod. Thank you very much. Thank you. Obviously, that was you catching up with Coach Rob yeah. um, at practice. You may be able to hear some of the balls bouncing in the background. Um, a few, you know, a few things that came out of Rob. But yeah, I think probably the first thing to do is agree with your, your statement. What a great, what fun win the Newcastle game was. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those games I kind of, I mean, I like to think I enjoy every basketball game game that I kind of watch it while a riders watch anyway but but I don't know it felt it felt really enjoyable um the win against Newcastle perhaps perhaps coming in you felt there's a little bit of needle there a kind of this desperation to really to, to kind of do a number on this team yeah. uh, and 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 it was you know it was a great game through through the first half was yeah. very close they they came out shooting the three ball at a very high click yeah. um but then in the second half we took over yeah. and, and kind of just run away with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, headlined, I think, it's fair to say, by, and, and he wasn't alone, but Jaron Holmes, fantastic individual performance, put up some great numbers, which have been floated all over social media. But he wasn't alone in his performance. Um, one stat that you briefly mentioned with Coach Rob was sort of the, the bench mob once again. Yeah. F- 51 points from the bench, a complete mirror image of Newcastle Eagles bench, only putting up 15, 15. points. Which so, is a what? Well, if they were put next to each other, it will be a palindrome. Palindrome. Kind of educational from this yeah. podcast. Yeah. Which basically means it reads the, both, the same in both directions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 51 to 15. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but there you go. So um, another example of that is race car, by the way. Is it? Yes, yes. I think I did know that one. But anyway. Coming back to the bench again, we, we mentioned a few players. Um, Kimball. Did he get 16? I can't remember now. But Sam got 10 and Connor got 12. So the, that the kind of points were spread nicely across yeah, the, yeah, the squad. Just to, to touch on Connor briefly, I think last couple of home games, Surrey and uh, Newcastle, he seems to have got a bit more run, which is probably a signal that he's coming back to better health, which is a positive. And I think in both games, he's had real big impact. I think in Surrey, in the Surrey game, he started or was a big part of the start of the reason that we started coming back. And it was also, I guess, along similar lines, uh, Mo was very productive in his eight minutes uh, against Newcastle in the first half. So I think it's probably fair to say he's probably on a minutes restriction based on the minutes he's played, and we know he's coming back from a long-term injury. I think it was great to see him on the court and very productive in his minutes on court. Absolutely. Um, actually, I've noticed something about my interviews, and I've already said it a couple of times um, mm-hmm. already on this um, on this particular edition. Go for it. Um, it's just that you know, you know the um, the, the two men in a box commentators. Uh, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. Who do who do all the BBL games? There's one particular. Let's not name him, but there's one particular um, commentator. A kind of a, on social media, um, kind of a, gets pointed out the frequency with it, which he uses a particular word. Um, I think I know what that word is. Yeah, it's um, let, let's go for the word. It's momentarily. Momentarily. Yeah, and and and, and, and he does he does kind of repeatedly it's, ev- it? it's every single break yeah yeah but what, what I was going to say what I was going to say and kind of I am increasingly aware of it yeah. I use a word again and again repeatedly we all do it yeah yeah but I, I, I'm getting annoyed with myself but keep using it do you know what it is as you spotted my, my frequently used word I try not to spot them because once you know them you can't miss them <laughs> 
<laughs> so you're not aware of the word that I use. Seem I'm, to use all the, I, I've, I'm aware of it. It's irritating me now. I've got to stop using it. Uh, I don't know what you're going to say, no. Okay, it's it's the word absolutely. Absolutely. I need to stop using it. Well, the thing is, now every time I listen to you, that's the only word I will hear. I know, I know. So I need, I need to stop using that word. It's, it's driving me mad. Coming back to the interview mm. with Rob, just, just a couple of things. That I, is that coming back momentarily? Yes, momentarily, absolutely. Um, to that to that interview that we kind of did with him. Um, and you heard me ask him about the London Lions loss on uh, at the weekend um, down at Plymouth. Um, I guess he, he pointed out some, so, and, and kind of, I, I was kind of reflecting some of the social media comments. It kind of blew up on on the internet. I think people yeah. cl- making all sorts of claims about yeah. throwing games or or kind of the arrogance of resting players. Mm. And, and I think for me, Rob pointed out some very good things. Uh, London Lions, due to their schedule, have been resting players nearly every BBL game. Yeah. So it's nothing true. new. Nothing new. Uh, they've, they've done it every single game. And as far as Coach Rob was aware, there was no rules or regulation to say that they couldn't do it. No, obviously we know that some rules have come in this season for the NBA. Yes, um, they have. I think it, does, it doesn't necessarily apply to every single player. It's primarily the star players. Yes. I think it's referred to as recent all-stars or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Not something sure like the exact that. word in. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, um, London clearly rested. And, and, and uh, Rob did say it's probably the most they've rested in one game. Yes. Um, they, they've played and won, fair play to them, in, away at Badalona, Joven took today in Barcelona. Um, and Gabe Olaseni's played nearly double the minutes. Jordan Taylor's played, he was rested. Um, Connor Morgan's played nearly 30 minutes. He was rested. Luke Nelson's played nearly 12 Con- minutes. Connor Morgan. Sorry, yes, he was. I'm getting my uh, Morgans mixed you're getting up. Getting Morgans mixed up. Oh, yeah, yeah, Luke yeah, Nelson's yeah. played 12 minutes. He didn't play. He was rested. Yes. Tariq Phillips played 24 minutes. He didn't play. He was rested. Matt Morgan, or as you call Mini Morgan, Mini Morgan, and Dante Grantham both played about 10 minutes more tonight than they did in the Plymouth game. Yes. Um, so yeah, no, no, no Bradley Caboza. None of the um, college kids that played. Um, Kareem Queeley's not been in the squad today. Um, obviously, he's returning from a longer-term injury of his own. And the new the new big that they're sort of signed on a temporary deal to help replace Sharma, um, Gustis. Um, tonight, he's only played less than seven minutes. So it's it's a very much a different-look team. Uh, but I guess it's their prerogative to rotate. They obviously thought they'd have enough still to win yeah I mean we both watched that game I yeah. think in, in different um, you were at home I were at home so we were both watched, and we were kind of whatsapping messages and I, I think the reason they lost at Plymouth this mm. is just, just 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 my view I think it's it's uh, you know speaks to three things issues that why they lost the game so this is my my deep dive analysis yeah. um, which which you can totally discount um, A the rest of players yeah okay which again they've done and, and you know, they, they probably, which led to probably them thinking, Plymouth, I think they are bottom of the table. Okay. So they, they thought they'd still probably got enough quality and strength and depth to be able to go in and win that game. So a slight, a slight assumption about what they got. But for me, what was critical in terms of who they chose to rest, I think they rested all the three point guards, main boy, ball handlers. So yeah. Taylor, and you know how... High esteem, a whole yeah, Jordan, Jordan Taylor, Taylor didn't didn't play. Mm. Um, Tariq, who is absolutely having a fantastic season, yeah, it's great to see him up at full speed. Yeah, really. and um, Nelson did, didn't Nelson, play. Yeah. So now the result of that, what I saw against Plymouth, is that they then asked uh, Minnie Morgan to be their point guard um, and handle the ball. And actually, I think it exposed 
him that he's not able to do that. And and I would go and uh, kind of to back that comment up, go to look at the uh, the difference in assists yeah. and turnovers between the two teams. Yeah. And I think they're quite critical differences. Yeah. And I think, once again... Minnie Morgan, I think, is an absolute gunslinger. Yeah. Is an absolute elite scorer. 100%. And and I'm a bit nervous um, about um, the conversation, oh, let's make him MVP of the league. We're only in November, but there's that conversation around. And actually, when you saw that game against Plymouth, he was asked to do a lot of the ball handling. I think it exposes is kind of what he's not able to do. Yeah. Um, so I think for me that was some of the reason that they lost that game. Yeah, they certainly had a, a lot less uh, control than they would expect to have on the game, and that probably comes from that that person running the offense. And I think also that didn't they, when they played Plymouth early in the season. I think they beat them one hundred and two fifty one. They literally doubled the score. Yes. So they probably felt if they were going to rest players, knowing that they really wanted to win tonight in Badalona, and they have, so you could probably say it was worth it. Um, that the Plymouth game was probably a good one to to rest as many bodies as possible. Um, well, I think another thing as well. Obviously, Plymouth started really fast and really hot. They and, played really well. And they did play really well, really well. Um, and obviously, one particular fan got a lot of highlight from the commentator dancing in the front row, which you love to see. Yeah, yeah. Was uh, that was that? It wasn't AJ, was it? I mean, no, it wasn't AJ because he does that sort of thing, don't he? He does, but he does that at Leicester, not not <laughs> not, not down in, in Plymouth. Um, Shake that beauty. Yeah, I'm singing again. Sorry, apologies. Yeah. I slipped into karaoke mode I thought again. We, I thought we'd spoken about that. Yeah, we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, they, they started really well. And I think it was noticeable. I don't think in the second half. The three, the three what I would call strong pros that were replaying, Dante Grantham, Minnie Morgan, and uh, Gabe Olashelli, definitely played in the second half. Okay. Um, or if they did, it was minimal. Right, um, yeah. They, they all played 15 minutes or less. Yes. So I think once Plymouth got up, I think they sort of shut those three down and just let the guys that don't get as much run or in Kareem Queeley's training um, case coming back from injury get more opportunity and, and, and they almost just managed it and I'm sure they, don't get me wrong I'm sure the players were all trying to win it etc I'm not, not saying they weren't but yes I, I, um, I think uh, yeah they, they sort of shut down the main pros a little bit yeah and, and again for me it speaks to probably the primacy of the position of the point guard to run the team to control the team um, and to set them up to, to get them into their offence. I think the British Basketball League, in the entirety of my memory of watching it, um, has always been a guards league, and I don't think that's ever changed. Yes. I think sometimes, like Gustus, the new guy that, that, that the Lions have picked up on a temporary deal, he's, he's quite a traditional European big. He's quite big, he's quite strong, he's quite heavy in the post, he's very difficult to move, he's quite a good rebounder. I think he holds the record for most offensive rebounds in a game in the, in the Lithuanian League. Um but I think when Plymouth were going up and down and they were using Wiley, that's something that's not really in his wheelhouse or his skill set. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I suppose just finally, just to wrap this little bit, bit yeah. up, um, I asked Rob about, you know, it's difficult. We're not quite sure who's going to rock up Friday night. No. Um, but I suspect it will be everybody except probably Decker and Sharma because they are injured. Yeah. They're, they're, I think outside yeah. them two... I'm expecting everybody else to play. That'd be interesting to see. I think I, I think they might, true to what they've been doing, I think one or two might be rested. Uh, I, okay, should we have a bet on it? Um, uh, yeah, we can do. <laughs> 
so if, if you win, so if you, I, you, if you, I, you're allowed to sing on the podcast. No, no, actually, I was thinking um, if I'm if I'm right that everybody plays except Decker and Sharma. Yeah. Uh, I want two extra blocks for TJ. Is that how we're doing it? Well, it's so, just, so he gets a plus it's just, two. It's just a suggestion. All right, then. Because he's get, been injured and well, out and missed games. Well, I get a plus two for, for Sam if they don't. Well, he's, he's having all these extra games, you know. Oh, well, he can't have it one way, not the other. Anyway, we'll, we'll arm wrestle about that later. Uh, I, I fancy my chances. Okay, you're right. <laughs> You're listening to the Along for the Ride Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Greg and Mark. A4R is the only slam dunking podcast where you can keep up to date with all the latest basketball news, views and opinions alongside exclusive coaches and player interviews straight from the hardwood. All regarding your high-flying club, the Leicester Riders. So we've mentioned uh, that also we've got a couple of interviews today. We've already heard from Coach Rob. So it's probably about time that we uh, hear from Myron Thomas. Absolutely. So Myron, uh, thanks for ta- finding some time to sit down with us and have a discussion uh, on, on the, our little Along for the Ride podcast. And uh, we try and get to talk to players and coaches throughout the season. We've not spoke to you yet this season. So um, how you feel you're settled in? Move it, making the big move to Leicester. Um, I've really settled in pretty fine. Um, I remember like the first day I got here, I worked out, and the jet lag kind of got to me. But ever since then, it's just been like me flying in the wind. I've been loving it here, been loving every day of practice, and loving the games. I love the environment, being on the court. Okay, so you're you're a native of um, Cleveland, Ohio, and I've currently, when I'm kind of doing a little bit of research about you, about you, coming across that that great video that's on uh, YouTube from Cleveland with love yeah. sounds like and I think I've seen something else to kind of you give an interview about you had quite a challenging childhood in Cleveland do you want to speak about what your experiences was growing up in that community um, growing up in inner city Cleveland there's a lot of ups and downs um, the togetherness of the community keeps you in, involved but um, there's a lot of things that happen in the community that steer guys off of their path you know and luckily there's a community that kind of helped me get to where I am. You know, um, Richard Starr, my mentor, he's a councilman of the Fourth Ward in Cleveland. Um, those type of guys have just helped push me through that threshold to not really get knocked off my track. Absolutely. So then, then you kind of... So early influences then on your kind of early basketball career, Myron? Um, early on, I would say, um, shout out to King James. Um, we, playing for them kind of showed me, like, the really level of, like, excitement. I'm sorry, that basketball has, you know, um, playing in the EYBL, it was kind of like throwing me out like a deer in the headlights. It was like, whoa, but it was kind of also like me soaking up everything that I was able to see. I was like, man, this is a really exciting game. You know, it made me fall in love with it. Okay, so as a a young man growing up, would it it be Browns or Cavaliers then? Uh, Cavs, Cavs. My generation, we don't really support the Browns, you know, but uh, it's a Cleveland pride thing. So it's like when Cleveland does do good, then we kind of chip in, but... The Browns have had a they've had a really long tough stretch. So you, you kind of um, went to your high school, Cleveland Central Catholic, and then moved on to a couple of colleges. Tell us a little bit about your journey through that system. Um, I would say me tra- me transferring to Cleveland Central Catholic was um, kind of more so my decision of taking on a challenge to break generational curses. But um, 
once I got to college, it was kind of just more so trying to find the right system to where I could be the best version of myself, you know, and just impact winning to the highest state that I could. And I was able to find that at Kent State. And um, the recruiting battle that I have is a hidden story that I actually took visits to Kent State before Ball State. And the two head coaches during that time were in each other's weddings. They're actually close friends. So um, it was really hard to choose, you know, and it kind of made it easier to choose once I left Ball State to go to Kent State because we're all in the same conference. Okay, so we, we, we have a number of connections with Kent State and uh, we'll come, come to that a little bit later if we can. Um, so you've arrived, you've played I think 10 games to this point in the season. The team's um, 6 and 4. How would you judge your own assessment of your own game since, you, since you've been here, Myron? Um, since I've been here, I've just been trying to give my all with energy and any way that I can. Um, I know that I can fill the basket up, but I know that we have a lot of other talented players on our team. So every night might not be my night. So I just try to find what I can do to impact winning the most when it's that time. You know, if it's my time to fill up the bucket, it's time to fill up the bucket. If it's my time to defend, you know, I'm ready to do that as well. And I'm always energy. My energy is always contagious to my guys. You know, I like to have guys in a positive mood because we're doing what we love. You know, I thought about doing this when I was 15, 16, and now I'm doing it. It's my first year, so it's like, let me try to take it on like a bull who sees red. Absolutely. Um, I guess I guess that's that's you raise an important topic there. Um, what what do you see as being the major transition from college ball to the pro game? Um, I wouldn't really say it's the skill level. I would say more so it's the officiating and understanding the game at this pace and understanding the systems of the of the professional level. But um, skill level and you know competitiveness is it's about the same. You know, um, a little less attention to detail here. But I'm kind of learning it and filling everything out still. Still 10 games in. I know we have a bunch more, but I'm still filling everything out. Maybe halfway through the season, I'll have everything figured out about all of the system and the dynamics of the BBL. So um, looking back last weekend, we had a great win at home against the Newcastle League. It was 111-88. How did you see that game? Um, like I knew we were the better team coming into the game. Um, the scuffle that happened in the second game was kind of, it kind of shook our team up, you know, focus-wise. But um, it kind of brought us together with um, togetherness, I can just say. And um, when we played them the third time, it was just like, we know we're the better team. Let's just go out and execute and defend the way that we know we can and just be ourselves. And we were able to do that. We actually got up to 111, I think. Yeah, good good discipline on the team. And actually, that second game, you seem to be very much the peacemaker with what was happening up at Newcastle. Yeah, um, I would just say, like, with my history of boxing, one thing that my coach told me was, like, the guys who are angry and furious are the guys who get beat up in a boxing ring, you know. So um, growing up being a fighter, it was just like you don't have to be angry to fight, you know. So like in that type of moment, like I'm too professional and I've been in too many high stakes at the college level to just make myself look bad, to make the, the organization look bad. So I know how to handle myself in those type of situations. And it was a hard play. It was a loose ball, you know. So it was just like we didn't even know whose ball it was yet. And next thing you know, I had someone clapping in my face. So it was just like, you know, let's just tone it down and focus on winning the game. I notice in your history you've got you kind of started and got involved and boxed at quite a high level and I'm sat interviewing you here on on a kind of a, this morning and I see that fantastic cut you've got above your eyelid. I just wanted to ask you um has Ben got a career as a cut man if he ever gives up basketball? Uh maybe, maybe. He, with the glue, yeah. <laughs> if they're using glue on the boxing ring, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'll hire Ben. Okay, right, fantastic. Um, okay, so um, so we've we've got a kind of a double header this weekend coming up. We place London Lions um, up until the, up until last weekend, unbeatable. Your take on you're looking forward to this double header weekend? 
Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, we were in the film room earlier, and Coach was kind of um, giving a little praise to some guys, and I was just like, you know, we're all human. We're all basketball players, you know, and I come into the mentality that once I put this jersey on, this is the best jersey of the league, you know, whether it's conf whether it's college, pro, or high school level, you know what I'm saying, I take pride in whatever jersey I have on. So I was just looking like, you know, a little bit of disgust because, like, I don't really respect too many guys, you know. So it's like if a guy comes in here and lights it up, then I'll respect him after the game. But coming into the game, I don't think anybody's better than us. So when you're not playing basketball, kind of what does Myron do to relax, um, to, you know, kind of calm down, etc.? Hobbies and interests, those sorts of things, Myron. Yeah, so I got my bachelor's in TCOM and video production. And one of my classes was um, the aesthetic changes in films. And I kind of got addicted to that. So I'm huge on movies, huge on TV shows. And it's kind of like studying because I, along with watching it for my own interest, I also look at the, the build of the show, the build of the, the scale of how they did things in the movies. So I do that a lot and I'm a big video gamer. So when I'm not on the basketball court, I'm either watching basketball or watching a movie or relaxing. Okay, Zam, give me some recommendations, top films to watch or top TV shows then. Um, top TV shows, um, I would say The 100, that's on Netflix. Uh, I would say Power, that's on um, Paramount Plus here in the, in the UK. Um, Power has a few books, so you can just pick a book and then start there. I would say BMF, The Black Mafia Family, that's a really, really good one. And um, another movie I would say is The Warriors. That, you might like that one, it came out in 1979. And um, Top 5 feels in my own, my own personal interest. It's about the gang wars in New York during that time. So. If you take a look at those, those would be some pretty good ones. Okay, so that's that, that's really interesting. So, um, Myron, thank you for stopping by and, and kind of gives you a few minutes of your time talking to us on the on the uh, the podcast. Really appreciate it, and best of luck this weekend. Yeah, thank you, man. Anytime. So that was Myron, and uh, did you notice before we went into that? I used the A word, didn't I? You did, but I, I kind of felt you did it on purpose because you you, <laughs> you, you you looked at me and you smiled before you said it. No, I think I smiled after I said it because I'd realised what I'd done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I need I need to think uh, uh, of a forfeit. Perhaps perhaps somebody can suggest a a kind of legal um, that's not going to cost me a lot of uh, forfeit to to do in relation to every time I drop the A word. The A word. <laughs> there you go. Um, I guess. Go on. Myron spoke about a C word, and that was community. He yes, spoke he did. about that, and, and I think he mentioned um, a mentor, I think he said Richard Starr, who helped keep him on the right path when he was yeah. growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. I mean, I don't know whether you've seen that video, it's on YouTube, Cleveland from Love, that he's, he's kind of fronted that, uh, and then he gave the interview, which was in the Mercury, I think, last week, mm. and in those both those things he talks about, actually, he's a his kind of childhood raised in a very deprived, difficult, challenging um, environment, uh, yeah. and, and, and it's to, to his immense credit um that, that the young man has become yeah um and absolutely and and you, and you can feel him around the arena he just walks around with great energy um he's always upbeat he speaks about that you know he's doing something he loves and i think you can tell that he's always seems to be upbeat and happy he looks a little bit scarred at the minute with walking around with his uh sly stallone i was thinking he looks like sly i wouldn't say he's gone that bad um (laughs) he's got one cup of his eye um sly stallone's been hit in the face for about 50 years Um, but but anyway. it's, it's definitely a very confident young man, hundred percent, which you want from your basketball players. You, you know, I, I kind of you don't want a timid basketball player playing at a pro level, do you? 
One who, one who's a bit anxious. You don't, no. you, you don't want them on your team. And I think over the years, occasionally, and it is occasionally, it's not regularly, we have had players that pass up shots regularly. There's been some, we're not going to name them, obviously, uh, yeah. unless you come and catch me away from the microphone. Yeah. Although although that also happens when I'm thinking about it, um, at the NBA, NBA level, yeah, um, the, the guy who's instantly sprung into my mind with Ben Simmons. Exactly the mind out of the name I was yeah. thinking. Who the guy just don't shoot shots? No. And it's, it's not new Rage or Rondo, that Celtics team. Yeah, but he has developed a bit of a shot, I think, it latterly in latterly his career. Has. But Ben Simmons is this kind of lauded as this great kind of NBA almost all star level player. He has played all star games, I, I think. I think he might have done, but the guy won't shoot. No. So I'm, I'm I'm amazed he's got a career, but you know, fair play. What uh, do I know? Yeah, what do you know? Um but yeah, so Absolutely, you want him to play confidence. You want to pay up, has it? And obviously, you just want to echo the shout out to King James. We know he's a big listener of the pod. Yeah, the King, King, yeah, King LeBron, King LeBron James. Um, obviously, knows Byron. He probably doesn't know, but I'm sure he'll be aware shortly that we are the King City. We are the King City. Yeah, so he's in the yeah. right place to give Mr. James a shout out. Definitely, yeah. And it was good. It's good to hear him talk about a little bit about TV and film recommendations. Yeah, uh, some of the TV. F- Kind of recommendations rang a bell, although I've, I must admit I've not watched any of those. So, so I've watched a bit of the hundred. I've watched all of the original Power. Yes, and um, I guess to be controversial, I think it's overrated. Right? Yeah. Um, never seen BMF. I'm going to check that out. But yeah, my yeah. my favourite recommendation, the film recommendation, the film recommendation, yes. which you thought you would like, I think based on nothing other than it was released in 1979. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I can confess that I have seen that film a long yeah. time ago, yeah. so I have a vague recollection. And I think I'm kind of... Uh, Depending on, on, on the time of the year, you would have been about 17 when that came yeah, out. Yeah, I mean, I have some kind of recommendation that it kind of kind of presented a little bit of um, a few ripples in relation to, yeah, it was about, I think as Myron said, something about gang culture in mm. New York at that sort of time. And I think it created a few ripples and a bit of controversy i think i I think i have actually seen it as well um it's about some gang gets um blamed for something they didn't do and they have to try and fight the way back home um against lots and lots of different gangs within within new york um but there you go um so anyway we've spoken to myron he's He's, he's giving you a film reference based upon what he thinks is your age. Um, and uh, it's probably time we have a second Kimball question. A second Kimball question. Seriously? Yeah, I think I think it's, it's seriously time for another one. Although, should we give the uh, answer to the first one first? Yeah, well, so sounds like a plan. We'll have the answer for the first and then we'll ask the second. This week's Kimball question is, what former Leicester Ryder player was the head coach of Kent State's basketball between 2008 and 2011? Gino Ford. The second Kimball question for this week is, which former Leicester Ryder is a career three-point field goal leader at Kent State? So, uh, now it's time, I guess, to look forward. We've been looking back at the Newcastle game, etc., quite a lot, um, and the Plymouth London game quite a bit as well. Um, but it's time we look forward, and it is the London Lions in town. Um, on Friday night. Yeah, well, some of them will be there, and we've got, you know, we'll see you rocks up. Yeah. Ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and again, I kind of, when I spoke to Rob, I'm getting a sense that we're going to have a good crowd in. Mm. Uh, and again, we need to make lots of noise. Absolutely. I think I've seen something on social media that increased the allocation. So the tickets that they have been selling obviously sold pretty well for them to, to release that. So that's a good sign. Yeah. But I'm sure there's still tickets available. So if you do want to head down, Get to riders.basketball, get your tickets bought. 
Definitely. And I think because um, uh, it's this weekend, it'll be the Riders' Remembrance game sure. uh, at home. Um, so I'm not sure whether Ian of the Trumpet will be down. Possibly, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I think he's, he's, he, he normally is. He normally is. I think he's done quite a few years in a row yes, now. I'm yes. sure he'll tell us exactly how many when we see him. Yes, definitely. So, um, and then we were on the road up to Cheshire on Sunday, which is always a great ride. And, um, yeah, um, and, um, Looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to hopefully, um, you know, a different result from the opening game of the season. Yeah, and I think Rob spoke about in his interview that when you're preparing for opening games, it's always difficult because you don't know exactly what you're going to face. You can see what all these players do separately, but you don't know what they're going to do together. Um, and obviously, it was a very new new uh, team for 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 Cheshire coming together. But I think the fact that I'm going to be seeing Friday night in person and Sunday afternoon, evening in person, I think the thing I'm most looking forward to is not seeing La Quincy Rido in a jazz cafe. Okay. I think I've seen that on BBL YouTube <laughs> yes. about 75,000 times. Yeah, yeah. Although I, I kind of I, I've, I've, I kind of have a theory that that little particular film uh, was shot in uh, one of the Cheshire supporters' own front room. Um, shout out to Anne. Anne, is that your front room you uh, that was that was shot in? Um, I don't know. Is yeah. she a big fan of jazz? I, I have no idea. Maybe the Utah as, jazz? As, as you know, I make things up all the time. That's true. Um, but, uh, so I'm looking forward to the Cheshire supporters as well. It's always good to touch base with them and, and chew the fat, everything regarding British Basketball League. There you go. You even said British Basketball League and not BBL. So um, on that bombshell, uh, we should probably start to think wrapping up of the podcast. A reminder, make sure you get down to the arena Friday night. Get behind the guys as we look to take on London Lions. Um, And also... Ooh, some problems there. Yeah, you were playing the wrong jingle. Pressing wrong buttons. What's up with me? Uh, Well, you're old. As (laughs) as Myron recognised. Um... But anyway, yeah, it is Friday night. Make sure you get down. Make lots of noise. Get behind the team. You do genuinely make a difference. Um, and when things are rocking at the arena, it just helps the guys fill with energy. Make sure you stay locked in for everything Riders on all the socials at Riders Beeble. And we shall see you Friday night. <laughs>